Angels for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champion. Amici scores. Amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. This is Mike Burnham. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Hi, this is Chuck Foreman, number 44, the Minnesota Vikings. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Woogie Man. This is Coach Fry with Virginia Tech Football, and you are listening to Big Dog Sports Talk. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. 101.7, 103.5, and AM 1460. Streaming worldwide at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the big dog, Rick Watson. Monday here on the program. Hope you're okay wherever you might be. Dallas up on the Baker Team Hotline, 639-4900. Text line's open for you, 744-2990. Rick at New River Radio, you can send a message as well via Messenger. We'll review the uh, Hoops weekend. Big win for the Tech women yesterday. Once again, solidifying their place atop the ACC. Not so much for the men on both uh, the Virginia Tech and Radford side. Tech will play tonight, right? UVA game tonight. Got the Cavaliers coming in town. And they've been playing uh, much better as of late. It's brisk this morning, I will tell you that. It's, uh, it's chilly. But I can handle 26 and clear, right? I'm not going to complain ever when it's clear like it is out here right now. Good stuff. Good stuff. Tech Baseball opened up its weekend. So did Radford baseball. Sticking balls are here, and they're going to be here for the foreseeable future. So 
lots of stuff going on in and around uh, sports and uh, and other things that are happening. Um, Tech women, I mentioned, they knock off Louisville, eighty-six to seventy. Impressive performance. I mean, when you shoot sixty-five percent on the road, um, that's pretty dominant. Liz Kitley, another double-double, 26-13. and 13. Georgia Amor had 23 points. She had a double-double, 10 assists. And Louisville was never really given a chance to try to fight back in that game. So Tech continues to be that team in the Atlantic Coast Conference on the women's side, rounding into form at the right time, as Kenny Brooks talked about here last week. All right? Good stuff. Uh, the men lose. Marva's going to talk about it coming up at 7.05, her being a Carolina grad, 96-81. to Tar Heels beat up on Virginia Tech. And you kind of knew they were going to be a little, little miffed at the way their head week had gone before that. Four of their five starters in double figures. And uh, Tech allowed 52% shooting. Not going to get it done. They got crushed on the glass. Tech's backcourt really struggled. Padula and Couture combined 6 of 23. And regardless of what might happen this evening, um, Tech's NCAA chances come down to one thing, and that is the ACC tournament. So... That's the only way to look at it sensibly where we are right now. Um, I didn't watch any of it because it's, it's just disgustingly bad. And I was traveling all day Saturday with uh, RU Hoops. But um, I didn't realize just what a complete disaster the NBA All-Star Weekend was. Capped off by the All-Star. I don't want to use the term game, (laughs) right? Use the term game because it's not a game. 211 to 186 was the final score of the All-Star game last night. I mean, how bad is this league? And they've got their rights coming up, right? And and, and they're positioning themselves and, and whoever signs that deal, Whichever network gives in and buys into the phony hype about signing the NBA deal for the next, you're going to be you're going to be strapped with one of the worst contracts, maybe in sports professional league history. I mean, how horrible is this league? I mean, what a joke! Two hundred eleven to one eighty six. I mean. Adam Silver has destroyed the NBA. Right? It, it's just no effort, no anything, no pride, no just nothing but entitlement and laziness. I mean, here's one of the quotes. Anthony Edwards, one of the stars of the league for the Timberwolves. For me... It's just an all-star game, so I will never look at it as being super competitive. I'm not going to go out there and try to break a sweat. (laughs) I mean, it's a break. It's the all-star break, so I don't think everyone wants to come in here and compete. (laughs) 
then let's just end them all. Let's stop all these. If that's where we are now because there's just too much money and too much focus on things that don't matter. I mean, none of the all-star events are very good. The baseball all-star game is still the only one with any kind of, um, I guess you could say, cachet. I mean, they ended the Pro Bowl. Now it's just a stupid flag football event. The NHL All-Star Game is the same way. Guys don't want to go out there and get crushed and hit. But nobody puts on more about its weekend than the NBA, acting as if it's this must-see TV event from 30 years ago when it's completely and utterly the opposite. And now they're all acting surprised. I'm reading these articles, and they're all at least the, most of the players are criticizing the game and the weekend. Adam Silver will probably come out and say it was a huge success, but 211 points, really? It's just the league is just unwatchable. The NBA is just unwatchable. They allow the players to have far too much influence. Nobody is really running the league. But the players, they're getting coaches fired left and right. Remember earlier in the year when the Bucks had the second best record in the NBA and the players wanted the coach fired, so they fired him? Remember that? They fired him. It's happened a couple other times since then. I mean, I just, hey, the fish rots from the head. Let's go to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? This is Gary. How you doing? Hey, Gary. What's up? Boy, were you on the edge of your seat last night with that NBA All-Star game? <laughs> I never even had any inkling to turn the television on for that. I really did not. I'd have rather watch the 700 Club than turn on the NBA All-Star game. Yeah, I w- you would almost have as many points scored as the 700 Club. You know? <laughs> yeah, true. Combined, you're right. You're right. Uh, That's just terrible basketball. I don't know why anybody even sits and watches it. Yeah, I don't get it, man. I don't get how it's just accepted, too, how bad it's gotten and people just kind of shrug it off like it's not, but it it is really bad. And advertisers are going to start paying attention as the ratings continue to plummet. I didn't know whether they were plummeting or not. I I know I don't watch it. Well, I know I saw an article, you know, they have the four or five games on Christmas, right? Uh, And that's supposedly like their big thing. And that, keep in mind, there were some NFL head-to-head things. That was the lowest rated ever that they'd ever had on their Christmas Day quadruple header or whatever it was. I did see that, like, substantially down. So uh, it's going to start to show. I I can't imagine people (laughs) sitting back and consciously saying they enjoy, at least of a certain age, sitting back. Like, if you're 30 or over, I don't know how anybody can watch that and think that that is – is is what basketball is supposed to be. Yeah. Did you ever see Mac McClung play in person uh, before he went to college? No, I did not. I did not. Uh, I saw I saw him play two times. I uh, thought he was really good. Uh, but He is. He uh, is good, yeah. I don't know if it's his uh, size that keeps him from – he's not a real good uh, outside shooter. Right. Uh, so right. I don't know if that's what hurts him or not, but uh, – you know, he definitely can leap. Yeah, he can. I mean, he's a great athlete. I, that's what it is with a guy who's that, you know, that small, if he's not just this exceptional shooter. I mean, Steph Curry's a small guy, but because he shoots so well, he's made a brilliant career out of a Hall of Fame career. So you're right. I think that's what it is. He's just not good enough consistently from the outside. Yeah. What do you think of the Deshaun Foster hire? 
No, it's a disaster. UCLA is an, <laughs> UCLA is just an athletic disaster. You see, it's going to take rock bottom all the way around out there before anybody wakes up. They're going to get absolutely pounded going into the Big Ten in everything. I mean, it's going to just be uh, it's going to be a rude awakening. But they don't have any priorities toward trying to maximize their athletic prowess. They just they, everything out there is is twisted into different things that don't matter. And you know, speaking of the fish rots from the head, they have one of the worst athletic directors in Division One college athletics. But you know, I don't know how long it's going to take them to realize that. I mean. They're, they're still being laughed at, even though Chip Kelly is a terrible coach. Um, the whole thing about him leaving a head coaching job to go to what will now be a competitor in the new league to be a coordinator, he understands what's going on there, uh, so much so that he left being a head coach. I mean, when does that happen ever? Right? Ever. So... Do you, do you think it's NIL that's driving uh, coaches from uh, college? In a lot of cases, but I think most of those coaches will come out and admit it. Yeah, I think so. Jeff Halfley, who just left BC to become the Packers defensive coordinator, a younger guy, got into this knowing the NIL was coming, and he said it was too much to handle. So, yeah, it is. You're going to see, I think, better coaches and guys with a, a pedigree that had a chance to get out, and it's going to become, you know – it's going to be regulated sooner than later. But, yeah, I'm with you. I, it, it has a lot to do with it. And you know what? It's not always the fault of the coach. I, I keep seeing people wanting to immediately defend the fact that this stuff's going on. And they say, oh, this guy's just too old school. He can't adapt, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, I think they're making the conscious decision. They just don't want to. I, they get what's going on. They know it's not going to change. But for them, it's not the right choice. So they get out. And I don't blame them. If it's, if it's something they're not comfortable with, Walk away, and that's what he did. And I think you're going to see more and more coaches like that. Absolutely. Yeah, the only thing I'm interested in anymore as far as Washington is their softball because I think the girls play hard. Uh, They've got a coach that wants to be there. She's from Washington. Uh, The rest of the sports out there, you know, like I said, I don't don't expect Jed Fish to be there three or four years, and their basketball program is a joke. And uh, they're too cheap to fire him. They might fire him after this year. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. to me, softball is the only interesting sport right now. Yeah, well, and, and for me, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't even know if they're paying. Are they paying uh, girls to play softball? I'm sure there are deals somewhere. They don't get it talked about a whole lot. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there are programs that have to deal with that. Um, you know, you don't hear about it because it's not a high revenue sport at all. So. They're not going to get paid yeah. anything like we see in football and basketball. It's just the way that it is. But, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah UCLA's sure. got a good softball program, too, so you've got that to look forward to. Well, not this year. They're under five. They got <laughs> Not this year. It's all headed downward as they head into the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Rick. Thanks, Gary. 639-4900. Uh, yeah, it's a good text. What are they even trying to showcase? Just bad basketball. But, yeah, bad basketball, lack of effort, and lack of respect for the game or the fans. Yes, that's that's all the NBA All-Star Weekend showcases. There is nothing intriguing right now about the NBA All-Star Weekend. Nothing. And they should just go ahead and cancel the whole thing. Just do what the NFL did and, and make some stupid, 
and make everything a, a half-court shot contest. Just something. And again, most of you probably, like me, the All-Star game used to mean a whole lot because it meant a lot to the mega superstars of the NBA. The guys who brought the NBA back and made it a worldwide phenomenon wanted to beat each other's brains in on All-Star weekend. There wasn't an All-Star game Michael Jordan played in that he didn't want to win as badly as he wanted to win regular season games. And there's none of that right now. Welcome to LeBron James NBA. Because that's what this is. Whoever supposedly is the superstar of the era carries that league, right? And if you still want to try to debate the greatest of all time, just look at how the league is standing during the two reigns of Jordan and James. The league was at an absolute fever pitch, rivaling the NFL. Not in overall ratings, but in terms of interest back during that era. And now, everyone today is talking about how the league just needs to completely revamp after its All-Star weekend. But hey, it's everybody else's fault, right? Not Adam Silver's or the players. All right, we'll be back just getting started for another week. Headed to the bottom of the hour, just a couple minutes out here on this uh, Monday. Hope your uh, weekend was uh, okay. Wherever you uh, decided to go and handle sports or ignore sports or whatever you decided to do. And uh, today is a special day for me. It's my daughter's 23rd birthday. So happy birthday to Steph. Saw her yesterday. She has class today down at VCU, so she came in this weekend. Hard to believe it's been 23 years. My goodness gracious. Man. And she's always going to be tied in from a sports perspective. Uh, Unfortunate story, but um, she was born the day or a couple days tied into the death of Dale Earnhardt at Daytona. So she always, she was talking about that yesterday. She goes, I didn't know anything about NASCAR. I will never know anything about NASCAR, but I know that my birthday is always going to be tied into, uh, you know, that unfortunate, just tragic event because that happened the same year, 2001, that she was born. So, and I had no idea, by the way, (laughs) this is how, I don't know, how did I miss it? Like, I didn't know Daytona was even yesterday. Like, I haven't seen any, any advertising for the Daytona 500. Now, I'm not around a lot on TV weekends and so forth right now with basketball, but I saw, hey, Daytona 500 postponed to Monday. I was, I was, that's this weekend? Did they even do the L.A. Coliseum thing? Did that happen this year? I mean, usually I'll, I'll hear about it. So they're going to have Daytona today, right? Okay. Good luck with that. 
Glad to see that your sport is getting out there. And then I thought it was me, and I was looking at Twitter, and people were like, oh, is it Daytona weekend? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Imagine an NFL season ever starting or a baseball season and not knowing when it was starting. All right, we'll be back. We're coming up. Well, if you want to sing out, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free. Because there's a million things to be. You know that there are. And if you want to live high, live high. And if you want to live low, live low. Because there's a million ways to go. You know that there are. All right, welcome back here. 25 minutes for the top of the hour. Hope you're okay. 639-4900. Text line's open for you, 744-2990. Couple text messages, and I think you're probably correct. People are saying that, you know, NASCAR is probably a lot like the uh, NBA in terms of uh, losing its cachet, if you will. I think there's probably something to that. It's been struggling mightily. I just mentioned it, you know, the loss of Dale Earnhardt and um, they never recovered from that. Now, that's something they could not help, obviously. But the new playoff and the way they have it set up takes away the incentive to win races. It's all about points. It's all about trying to... The whole stages thing to me is ridiculous. Look, and this is a guy... I'm not a professed, long-time, lifelong NASCAR fan. My dad was a huge fan. I I like the Jeff Gordon era with Earnhardt and his, you know, Earnhardt Jr. and all those guys. I thought that was fun because it, it was old school and it was, you know, as long as Dale Earnhardt was around, NASCAR was okay. <laughs> it just felt like or it was going to be okay. And when we lost him and the sport lost him, it just seemed like, you know, and Junior wasn't that guy. They're just not the same guy. He had the name, but he couldn't carry the sport. They wanted him to be able to carry it, but he could not. And it's not a knock on him at all, right? I mean, that's a legacy that who could handle that? Who can try to live up to that name, even though you are literally from... <laughs> Uh, that family. I, but the whole stages thing is, it's symbolic of where we are. I think sport has always mirrored society and society has usually mirrored sport. And life now today is full of do-overs, right? Right. To keep it in a sporting perspective, full of mulligans. And it's kind of taken away a lot of the. A lot of what I think all of us grew up with competitiveness and values in sport, right? The, the way it is now as opposed to then. 
I mean, for instance, and we're just using the NASCAR stages as an example. The whole thing, when I used to like NASCAR, and you may be the same way, or maybe you like the stages, I don't know. Because I know they've pointed out, well, you know, NFL games have quarters, right? Well, that's not the same. They're stopping these races to be able to work on your car, to be able to restart. You know, the whole thing to me was, if you were going to be in a 400 or 500-mile race, whoever had the endurance ability for that four hours or whatever to win from start to finish, that meant something. Who's going to be around at the end? Whose car is going to hold together? Who's going to have the right pit stops? Who's going to stay out of trouble on the track? Right? Now, hey, we're getting ready to end stage number one, so if you got a problem with your car, you can just pull on in there and fix it. And... <sighs> I mean, text message, NASCAR was changed to be a better show on TV. Yeah, but it's not. The ratings are bad. (laughs) Fans just don't attend in person as they used to. That is correct. People do not go to the track. Boy, they do hard. They they try very hard not to show a lot of the wide stands shots. That is correct. There you go. Wayne says you don't start new quarters with a score. With a, you don't start quarters with a new score or a reset. The race should be endurance. Exactly. The whole stages thing is is to me it's ridiculous. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you love it. I don't know. You know, and all this about making sure everybody can restart the same. I just. That's not the way it's supposed to be. I think that's a great point, Wayne. What if they did that? At the end of the first quarter, Virginia Tech had the lead 14-7. to But, of course, now we're in the second quarter, so the score goes back to nothing-nothing. Tech gets credit for winning the first quarter, but you have to win, remember, three quarters <laughs> to be today's winner in this football game. That's what NASCAR is. Everybody just accepts it. This is the Daytona 500. You should be able to line up, start the race, go 500 miles. And if you are the one who has endured and you've been able to do all those things like the drivers before you, before this generation, that's the way it needs to be. This is not an evolution of the sport. This is a do-over. NASCAR changed, and the good old boys aren't interested, and that's their whole base. Yeah. I don't see a lot of new, younger NASCAR fans popping up. I'm around a college environment, and I don't see a lot of folks going around wearing NASCAR gear talking about the big race. As a matter of fact, if I did a polling of my coworkers today, I bet you anything, it would be under 50% people that knew that Daytona was actually this weekend. Another text message, the softening of sports. Correct. Absolutely it is. 
Because everyone gets their feelings hurt so badly, you can't go out there and be a balls-to-the-wall competitor anymore because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. (laughs) And that's another reason why, if you will, veteran coaches, I believe, push back so much on the game that they grew up with, not only that they coached, but played and appreciated. Look. Nobody rode my ass harder than Joel Hicks up here at Pulaski County High School. He's my coach. For my life, Joel Hicks will always be, along with my dad, the greatest influence any man ever had on me in my life. I appreciate it so much now. Then you may get upset, but I never was offended. You know, you realized how hard it was. And if you played football for whatever coach, whether you were talking about Steve Ragsdale or David Chris, Norm Linderberg, Winford Beal, whomever you grew up with, right? Don't you now look back and appreciate how hard they coached you? Because they weren't just trying to, to coach you for that day of practice or in that game to get ready for that game. They're looking at the future. This is how life's going to be. Steve says NASCAR priced themselves out of business. Agreed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pitchers go three innings. Yeah, that's right. They have specialties now. You have guys that used to go out there and complete games where they go, Frank Tanana. What did Frank Tanana have? 20, somebody's got a record for, is it Bob Gibson, 20-some complete games in a season? Right? Something of that nature? Text line's open 744-2990. We're getting a ton of reaction here. When I want to emphasize something in a text, I use cap. Sports these days are always in lower case. Correct. Everyone saying the same things about where we are with NASCAR. Hokey Bob says, imagine what the drivers at Daytona had to endure in 1975 without all this technology and the brakes of today's racing. The warmest Daytona 500 was back in 1975. It was 85 degrees. Yeah, they'd probably cancel the race today, wouldn't they? Sorry, we can't get the cars out there because it's just too hot. It's just too hot. (laughs) I never had a football practice of two-a-days at Pulaski County High School canceled because it was too hot. All right? Now, even then, you're talking about in the mid to late 80s, the coaches were cognizant that the temperatures would be some days very difficult to navigate through. So they would ha- give you more water breaks. They, you wouldn't run as much. These guys weren't always, and a lot of people say, well, they were just ignoring health protocols. No, no, they weren't. No. But they sure expected that all the work you put in in the summer in the weight room and conditioning They sure expected that to carry you through 
That's just why it's called the dog days of August. That's why it's called, you know, in the summertime in baseball, right? The dog days. They expected you to work to get your body to a place where you could handle that. They just didn't ignore it. I always hear that, too, and it burns me up. I never remember one time. The only thing that I can see that's different from when I played and when you played is probably concussion protocol. But in terms of having water breaks and making sure you stretched and, you know, not paying any attention to the heat, none of that happened. And this is, you know, this is the heyday when Pulaski County football was the thing where I was. But I will say that what we have learned, you know, the medical information about concussion protocol and how to try to prevent that, the new helmet designs, that's been a good thing. I'm sure I had several concussions throughout high school playing football. I have absolutely no doubt. But everything else in terms of, you know, I wasn't, we weren't ignored for our health. But we knew what we had to do to get ready and that's just where we are in sports. The NBA is a glaring example. I mean, the NBA, it's almost as if it's trying to be as bad as it can just to see how much more money it can make in spite of itself. Can you imagine being a network and giving billions of dollars to continue that relationship? Why would you? You're not going to make that up in revenue, in advertising revenue. You're not going to make that up in ratings increases. See, the NBA is geared toward a much younger audience. I mean a much younger audience. We're talking high school and college kids. How many of those individuals in those age groups are actually staying home and watching TV? When they are home, what are they doing? They're turning on their computers. They're playing video games. They're on social media. Right? Whoever was the marketing genius that Adam Silver hired to try to make sure this game reflected and and appealed to these younger, who don't have money, by the way. You know, when you're young like that, you don't have the money to go out most of the time and do the things, buy merchandise, buy tickets, right? Most people... As you get older, you save money, you have more money to do the things and to buy the things. That's why you see so many older dudes buy these cars that have been lifelong dreams on their list, bucket list vehicles. It's not that they're having a midlife crisis. That annoys the hell out of me, too. If some dude who's had, let's say, for instance, you wanted a a 58 Corvette, And you're in your whatever it is, 40s, 50s, 60s. And then finally, you have enough money to go out and invest in one. Well, that's something you've had your eye on for your your whole life. Right? Because you've been frugal. You've earned it. You've worked. You may be in retirement. Whatever it is, it's not that you're trying to all of a sudden become younger. You're just saying, now I've got the money to do these things. That's why people take long trips across the world when they get older. 
I mean, you're paying thousands of dollars at some of these venues in the NBA for courtside tickets. Who do you think's paying for that? The the twenty year olds, the the teenagers that want to emulate these guys? No. It's the folks you should be marketing to who now are looking at your your game and your league and going, why in the world would I spend a dime on that crap? <laughs> right? And when you're playing an all-star weekend and your game's 211 to 186, it is. I don't know what to tell you. And for, if anybody comes out with anything other to say than what an absolute disaster the league has become, I, I, I just... You're either lying because you know the TV deal's coming up, and you're, I mean, I know it's going to be ESPN. I mean, they just spent $8 billion on a college playoff they can't afford, so I'm sure they're going to spend more billions on the NFL, I mean, on the uh, NBA coming up. But that is a great text. There is a correlation, isn't it, between NASCAR and the NBA? They've each lost their way, and you're talking about two completely uh, opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of demographic appeal. But yet, you're talking about the same thing, though, at the crux of it. The fish rots from the head. And the decision makers in the NBA, led by Adam Silver, and I don't even know who in the hell is running NASCAR now, have made bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And that's why today at the Great American Race, the Daytona 500, we're going to stop about 60 miles into it and let people fix their cars. All right, we'll be back to wrap up Hour 1. Welcome back. Wrapping up hour number one. Try to make it last. Text lines are absolutely exploding. 744-2990. And look, I know sports have to evolve over the years. And we're not talking about this from a safety standpoint. I just talked about the improvements they've made in helmet technology, things of that nature. And I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see that in NASCAR that they've made the cars much safer Right, they went into a wholly, totally different, I mean, abruptness in trying to figure it out when Dale Earnhardt lost his life. All right, it did. So that, from that standpoint, that's not what I'm talking about, <laughs> at all, at all. Imagine being an Olympic marathon runner or a long distance runner, and just knowing that halfway throughout that race, you get to stop and. You know, get some more water. You can restretch if you want. That would change your whole perspective, wouldn't it? And your whole training regime. And I know in marathons they have the people with the cups and you can get your water, but you don't stop, right? You grab the water bottle or the cup while you're going. The whole point is it keeps going. It's a marathon. Well, that's what NASCAR races used to be every Sunday. Not these three stages and, and all this, and you get rewarded if you want to stay. It's just, it's just so unappealing. For me, anyway. Maybe you like it better. I don't know. I can't imagine Dale Earnhardt 
Richard Petty, Kel Yarbrough, the Pearsons. I can't imagine any of those folks ever wanting to be part of this type of NASCAR. I can't imagine them going, yeah, let's go out and win a couple stages. We'll be okay. may not win the race, but let's win a couple stages. <sighs> Much like NBA weekend. Hmm. It's the lifestyle in the NBA they care about. They don't care about anything else. Let's just say it the way it is. Marva joins us at 7.05. Tim Thomas at 7.35. We'll talk to Tim about the Tech Basketball Weekend. Good news for the ladies, not so good news for the men. Hour 2, Marva next. Marva next.